Welcome to the Legislate podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building, and contract drafting. Today, I'm excited to welcome Luis, co-founder and CEO of ILOF. ILOF is enabling a new era of personalized medicine by using AI and photonics to build a cloud-based library of disease biomarkers and biological profiles and provide screening and stratification tools in an affordable, fast, and portable way. Luis, thank you for taking the time. Would you like to please share a bit of background about yourself and ILOF? Thanks so much, Charles, for having me and for the great intro. Yeah, so about, about me, I'm a, a trained engineer that just got bored of software. So I was a computer scientist by training and I realized that I wanted to do something different uh, with my life and I wanted to be on a more impactful area. So eventually I found my way into a tech transfer job where I got to interact with a lot of early stage medical and health tech technology. And one of them was actually ILOF. So ILOF was back then and the result of a five-year European project with a great IP and great results, but still in academia. Together with three amazing co-founders, we saw an opportunity to use that technology to help researchers, farmers, and biotechs cut the time and the cost that it takes them to develop personalized therapeutics. So yeah, in 2019, we created ILOF, and it's been a thrill of a, of a journey ever since. Well done on that journey. And through that journey, what's been your favorite moment so far? So the, I think that's the cool part of working in a startup, right? I mean, the cool part is that there's no day equal to, to, to the other. Every day is different and special in, in its own way. I feel like the day we were able to secure our PC, which meant that we were able to bring other people other than co-founders into, into the stream, was a very special day. Also the day where we got our first client, our first paid user to the platform paying us to use the product that we're building this was also a very very special day uh, and the day where we hired our first employee so the day we got the money the day we got the people and the day we got the client i'd say this is certainly three very special days for ILO. yeah i can definitely relate to all those firsts i think obviously the second employee the third employee is always exciting as well it, but it, i guess it's a different feeling and different sensation and well done for securing the funding because i also think it's a lot harder than one or at least the media make it out to be so well done and now you're through this journey you've gone through those milestones what do you wish you'd known before starting ILOF? I think it's really hard for you to know what to do before you do it and, and being in a startup journey is about making mistakes now if magically I would be able to teleport myself into the past and advise my, my, my past self, which is absolutely impossible. But if that were to happen, I think I would even emphasize even more to my past self, the importance of the first few hires. I think we got that very right, but just the importance and just the, yeah, how much of an impact that makes on the company, especially when you are a small team, I think I would literally double down on and explain to my past self that it's okay to take time to hire. It's not that you're lagging behind, it's just that you're taking your time to choose the right people, which we eventually did, but I wasn't sure at the time. And yeah, and regarding also raising and Charles, you raised a very good point. Fundraising is really hard. It's not the glamorous journey that they show you in, in TV shows and movies. It's a lot of trial and error. So we, yeah, we raised the pre-seed in 2019. We raised an extension in 2020 from an American VC. This is when we got Microsoft in. And in 2020, in late 2020, we raised a seed round. And it took us almost nine months to raise it. So 
what I would do different, most likely I would prepare better for how long it will take me to raid. Yeah, and maybe choose my targets slightly more accurately. I guess the positive of that is you can always apply that to future rounds if ever you do need to, to raise more funding. Yes. Great. And so what's the big vision for the company? Where do you see yourselves in the next five years? Yeah, so we want, what we want to do and what we're out to do, the reason why I love was born is out of the recognition that uh, unfortunately although for the past centuries uh, the same treatment was being developed with everyone in mind so there was no tailoring when it takes to medication the same was expected to work for all the reason why ILOF was created is that that vision is unfortunately it just doesn't work any longer for the majority of the targets and diseases and healthcare issues that are still uh, to be tackled so you really need to empower scientists, physicians, large and small organizations working in the sector to have the right tools to develop medications that have the patient in mind. And they need to be patient-centric, they need to be com convenient tools. They can't be barbaric, they can't be very inconvenient, otherwise no one will use it. So the vision is really for us to help a couple of the biotechs and pharmas that we're working on currently get their personalized medications to the market faster and really make an impact on the lives of 10 million patients worldwide living with complex atrocious diseases currently. So this is the goal for the next five years. Quite an ambitious goal, but I think we have the right team to deliver. Great. And a goal which, if you're able to succeed, will have a massive impact on those lives. So well done. And as a CEO of a startup, I imagine you interact with contracts quite a bit. What are the key contracts that you interact with the most? So there's various types. First of all, there's employment tax, right? We hire, we let go people. And it's just when you create a startup, that's usually the least of your concerns. But unfortunately, sometimes it ends up being actually one of your biggest concerns. And you spend a lot of time and a lot of money doing um, employment contracts and employment law documents. Of course, when you're raising money, there's a lot of legal stuff that you do around the well, bylaws, shareholders agreements, share certificates, just all the way from IP assignments to God knows. And just there's a lot of legal work. And to be honest, I feel like fundraising for the last two months of the of raising around. It's you basically become a lawyer and you deal with documents 24/7. So yeah, financial documents uh, absolutely. Yeah, and overall, when you deal with contractors and when you deal with partnerships, you always need to be careful on IP clauses and dealing with data, GDPR, and all of that. I think I thought I. I as a CEO, I would have a lot of legal work to do, but actually it's much more than I was expecting. And I think what much more than what everyone expects. And that's actually one of the, one of the reasons why, yeah, why running a startup is so hard. You end up dealing with a lot of unexpected areas that you didn't even foresee. I wish I could relate to the legal, but I use legislate for my contract. So it, it really does make my life easier and, and Maybe you should have a look at it, that too, but Absolutely. you said a, a lot of interesting things to unpack, especially around employment contracts. What are, from your experience, the key areas that a founder needs to look out for? So first of all, it's very important both for employees and founders to make sure that everything is in the right place, especially for venture-backed companies. You don't want your investor on your back because for some reason you broke a law or you had to let an employee go and then he claimed a breach of contract or damages or or something like that so complying with with the law is very important and of course the more you grow the more things like 
okay, do you have a policy regarding what gifts your employees can or cannot accept? Do you have do you have a guide where it's clear what kind of what kind of rules they need to follow, either at culture or on a technical level? Yeah. So basically, there's various things that as CEO you need to take attention on regarding employment contracts, and the majority of them you only foresee when something goes wrong. Yes. And I think that's the case, unfortunately, with most contracts. It's all about managing risk because you really only revisit a contract when something goes wrong and, and you try to work out who's responsible, who has to do what. And uh, definitely in legislate's opinion, legal should not be an expense for early stage founders, especially for employment type contracts. And, and I think that's an area where we've also realized that it's never just an employment contract. It might also be the offer letter. It might also be the staff handbook the anti-money laundering policy, the whistleblowing policy, these are all documents that we try to offer so that ultimately there's no need to worry about contracts as a founder. You can just use Legislate and keep your investors happy from day one. So yeah, thank you for, for the insight. So I'm Conrad Lewis that I've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm going to ask you the closing question. We ask all our guests, if you were being sent a contract to sign today, what would impress you? What would impress me on a positive or a negative sense? You can interpret the question as you wish. Normally contracts are very complicated and very hard to digest. Contracts that kind of, they cover you on a legal way, but they're organized in a way that the human being can read it without getting a headache. This would impress me a lot. And I unfortunately don't see a lot of those contracts on a daily basis. So contracts- well, that's, a, that's a great- yeah that the human can read. Yeah. And, and I think that'd be a great slogan, which won't give you a headache. So yeah, no, that's a great, great suggestion and something at, at legacy that we, we try to do. I think contracts are contracts at the end of the day. So we can definitely be creative in terms of how we present them, how we explain them, how we simplify them. But unfortunately some legalese just has to remain and yeah, maybe, yeah, that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Thank you very much, Luis, for taking the time to be on the podcast. Best of luck executing on your vision and, and hopefully see you soon. Charles, thank you so much and all the best to Legislate. Thank you. Bye-bye.